command decision. I cannot be trusted, so Joe has to make the decision. Yes. I'm ready to assume command. We have the possibility of a late-night joke-off. Oh, oh, let me go oh. get the football. Oh, Around boy. Pete Buttigieg running for president, announcing he's running for president. Mm. I was kind of interested in how they would handle that. Now, Sean did come across this article, which I think is really interesting. Uh, how liberal late-night talk shows became a comedy sinkhole. And then they quote a, uh, a writer in kind of the sub-headline, Every single person in late night knows it's a dumb factory of lazy ideas, one fed-up writer tells us. I will never be happy with anything I make. Which is exactly <laughs> what it feels like to me. Those yeah. shows and Saturday Night Live up until a couple of weeks ago when the Mueller report came out, it seems like they've really made a pivot to like just sketches about kind of random things. Yeah. But yeah, a sinkhole of whatever you said there, dumb comedy. God dang it. Same joke every night over and over. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, just the same so, note. So even the liberal writers over. feel like I can't do this anymore. Anywho, that being said, do you want to hear their take on Pete Buttigieg announcing for president? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, I, I I suspect it will be idiotic jokes about his name. Or I That's don't, probably a pretty good guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. You How long call? is it? Uh, 49 seconds. All right, that's pretty short. All right, join with me, my friends. Let's all decide together. Is it a sinkhole of whatever we just let's, said? Uh, let's all assess this together. I'll meet you in 49 and a half seconds. <laughs> As of yesterday, we've yet, we have another, another Democrat running for president. Pete Buttigieg, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, has become the, I think, 658th Democrat to enter the race. He would become our... First openly gay president and our first president, Pete, which is, it sounds like a movie where Kevin James winds up in the White House, right? (laughs) Rudy Judge is just 37 years old. Uh, You can tell his age is making the other candidates nervous. Today, Bernie Sanders bought some Just for Men and a Nordic track. South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg this week formally announced his 2020 presidential campaign. And this is cool. The crowd almost chanted his name right. I expect more than a name joke out of Seth. He's usually the best, but I liked that he bought a Nordic track. It's pretty funny. Uh, Bernie was asked last night about the age difference because they're 40 years apart. That can't be the right math. 70, At least. Yeah, 77 to 37. They're 40 years apart. Yep. Bernie has lived P- Mayor Pete's life and then Mayor Pete's life again and still has <laughs> some time left over. That's correct. Um, uh, and, uh, and I appreciated it. Bernie said, I would rather focus on uh, issues and stances on the issues than any of these issues of what race, age, all that sort of stuff. Boring. Which is something you do say when you're old, I suppose. Personal but. shots. Hmm. That's what I'm here for. Did you want to judge those? No, not okay. really. I just, no. Got a couple of texts. <laughs> they're, they're not good. On a mention in Amazon and how amazing it is. I didn't feel like doing laundry this weekend, so I just ordered a pack of socks and boxers. They showed up the next morning. I know it's incredible that that can happen. Their distribution s- system is amazing. Uh, we got Socks this. and boxers isn't a bad band name. I'd, it'd be all one word. Is that what you'd wear on stage? You'd want to be younger. Or just socks and boxers. Where are you going to wear the sock there, uh, Anthony Kiedis? <laughs> right, that's a reference uh, you may or may not get. Also from the text line, I'm outraged. You're not outraged about being outraged. I don't know what we were talking about. I know. I heard that. Tweet it. Tweet Ow. it at us, and we'll reply uh, angrily. Hour one of today's podcast is truncated. First Notre Dame and now this. 
Uh, and I guess that's happening semi-regularly. There's technological struggles behind the scenes. Hanson, what's going on? I think it's getting worse, actually. Oh, oh. <laughs> Hey, I still uh, I hear the fan in there, so it's still the air conditioner still doesn't work. Oh, yeah. It could be the air conditioner screwing up the podcast. We're not entirely yeah. certain, but we're turning it on and off to see if that's uh, affecting the system. That's All how right. I try to fix anything. Turn the podcast Reboot off, it. and then turn it back on again. Yeah, shake it if that doesn't work. Sorry yeah. about that, folks. I just it's it's uh, it's amazing, is what it is. Just let you know in there where it is uh, eighty <laughs> degrees and you got the fan going. It's actually cold in here. That's why I have my jacket. Oh, it's bitterly cold. Yeah. yeah. And That's, we, uh, that gesture is considered rude in some circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> and on the story that uh, Facebook is yet again, uh, you know, doing doing the stuff Facebook does with your information and uh, trying to keep it from you. Um, did I miss the day Facebook forced people to join? How about some personal responsibility? How unforgivable to provide a service that millions enjoy? Um, what, what, was that like double sarcasm or um, and and? Well, the it's the same idea people a lot of people had with smoking. Right. Well, then don't smoke. You don't have to smoke. Nobody's making you smoke. Uh, now that I, you know it's addictive, of course, courts for whatever still give people gazillions of dollars. I'm not sure if this friend of Armstrong and Getty is comfortable being quoted by name. Probably, but um, he he texted me out. Stupid should hurt. In it's Zuckerberg's fault that I spend all day on Facebook. Burn the witch. Well, I appreciate your whole. Nietzschean Superman free will thing, my friend. I think the the seductiveness of social media is worth pointing out to people. I think, uh, yet yeah, now that you know it, you need to make an independent decision. But there's a great deal of deception and a great deal of appeal to it, um, and 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 its insidious um, uh, effects were were not anticipated by. Many people at all. You know, I'm reminded of the fact that in a lot of countries on Earth, when the U.S. is referred to as the great Satan, it's not the great evil necessarily. It's the great tempter. It's it's the great, uh, why don't you try this? You'll like this. You'll really enjoy this. I'm trying to get people away from God. That's their point of view. And, and uh, you know, that's the way I look at Facebook. It's a, it's a temptation to... To do something that is really bad for you gives you pleasure, but it'll it'll rip your soul out. And there's and, also, and all social media. And there's also the aspect of Facebook not being honest in what they were and what their business model was. Well, and right, saying yeah. that they are Liars. an advertising company, but not saying that. Well, the way that we're so effective at it is we harvest your contact list information without your consent or with your consent hidden within 12 pages of legalese yeah, that no one ever reads. That's a different thing than <clears throat> the we should uh, you know, have the ability to resist using it um, right. for the, 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 the addictiveness of it. And as usual, we're leaving out the big kahuna, Google, whose right. sins are, well, Google them. Uh, there are many of them, including, you know, as we learned from Roger McNamee recently, that Google Maps will route you in a particular way to get you past their sponsors. That's Not incredible. Faster, they're just manipulating. And That's how incredible. the Pokemon Go thing was a giant experiment in uh, behavior manipulation. Which is fascinating. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah. Anyway. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. If you ever want to join in that sort of conversation, 415-295-KFTC. Bernie was on Fox last night with his town hall. It was damned interesting, I'll tell you that. And uh, particularly, they talked a lot about health care. And we're going to talk to someone about what Bernie had to say. And a highly troubling aspect of his health care plan. So stay with us. Troubling to who? 
everybody. Is it? Yes. I don't think it's troubling to enough people. Everybody with any sense. No, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Well, it's troubling. You proved my point. I wouldn't be troubled if I didn't think it was going to happen. But first, let me take a selfie. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. of all of that, we spend twice as much per capita on health care as do the people of any other nation. So the question that I throw back to you, do you think it makes sense to spend twice as much per capita as the people of any other nation and be the only country on, in the world not to guarantee health care for all people? Um, this audience- so that was on Fox last night, Bernie Sanders with the town hall, and he's good. He's just really good at what he does. And uh, and, the, and the, that crowd, which was a Bernie loving crowd, and, and in theory, a lot of more Trump voters, um, were, were eating it up. And well, I've got some commentary on that coming up in a second after our guest, Joe Simonson, joins us. Joe's the campaign reporter for the Washington Examiner and is uh, following the whole Bernie thing. Joe, welcome. How are you? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. So, uh, Bernie uh, pitching universal health care—that's interesting, and that includes uh, quite a, a broad group of people, doesn't it? Uh, it does. It does. Uh, it's similar to uh, his 2016 plan. Um, his new plan, which was introduced uh, in Congress a few weeks ago, co-sponsored by some of the other 2020 Dems, um, it definitely has more generous benefits. Uh, it includes things like long-term health care for the elderly, um, you know, the terminally ill. Um, but it also would include uh, most illegal immigrants and most people who come to this country, uh, which is kind of an interesting uh, caveat. And that is similar to 2016, although it's far more explicit this time around in the language of his bill. Folks from Cali Unicornia are familiar with the concept of giving universal health care to anybody who sneaks in uh, as Gavin Newsom, the government. The governor is uh, in favor of that, but no, to be to be fair to Bernie, he does point out that the whole his socialism plan only works if you don't have open borders and illegal immigration. He, he talks which is about what that I was exactly oh. what I was going to say. Whereas yeah, it's Gavin surprising. does, Gavin is okay with that though. For some reason, the governor of California thinks that math does work. Well, he's convinced that his electorate is so stupid that he can pitch something that's utterly unworkable. But that is surprising out of Bernie, isn't it, Joe? Uh, I, I say it's surprising um, to an extent. I mean, you know, you can look back at tapes from Bernie in the in the 2000s and even earlier, where he's always been a skeptic of of mass immigration. I mean, I think you know he's very much in the mold of a more labor type Democrat from the 20th century. I think he understands that a lot of unions aren't necessarily in favor of millions of people coming into this country every year. And also, I think he understands that uh, yeah, if you want a strong welfare state. Uh, it's hard to do that if you have unlimited immigration. Is it as simple as uh, if you're already here, you get to universal health care, and then he wants uh, you know the illegal immigration stemmed? That- yeah, I mean, I think I think that's yes. I mean, virtually the the language of his bill virtually says that uh, if you're in this country. Um, you will have access to universal health care, and also even if you do come to this country, let's say bring. Sanders is president in 2020. He's not going to be able to stop all legal immigration. No president's been able to do that. Uh, but let's say you know you've 10,000 people in three months coming in. I mean, most of those people would probably qualify 
for the health care benefits. The only language in the bill, which is explicit, says that people cannot come to this country for the sole purpose uh, of receiving free health care. But I don't know how you would prove that. Yeah, good luck. That's a, that's a great little chestnut. Joe Simonson, campaign reporter for the Washington Examiner. Joe, we'll look forward to chatting with you again real soon. Well done, as always. Great. Thank you, guys. Thanks. So um, I texted uh, Craig, the uh, healthcare guru, last night to say, "Did you did you see Bernie's town hall and talking about the healthcare?" And he so he watched it and then had his comments. Um, I'll just read them to you because I I agree and feel the same way. Um, when I see how Bernie connects with an increasing population that's been educated in the uh, the arguments on. Um, well, it's going to be tough for people who love liberty to defend individual freedom, freedom with the arguments on the left that are just intellectually easier to make. They're warm and cooperative, and and, and they, they sound good, and it sounds like you're getting stuff. Right. Um, and it is hard to argue against that. And, and even I myself, as I was watching Bernie, when he was talking about some of the problems with our currently, current system, I was, yeah, that is a problem. That's right. a problem, that's a problem, that's a problem. Yeah. And... and my belief that a free market should make things work better and cheaper is is pretty solid. I just don't believe that we'll ever allow that to happen. Right. Well, so right. It, it makes it difficult to, to, to continue to fight the fight against the whole single-parent government takeover thing, which I think would be awful and end up being way worse than what we've got now. Right, right. Oh, it'd be absolutely terrible. In fact, I, I could easily answer Bernie's little assertion in the tape we played about us spending double, and yet, you know, there are people who are uninsured, blah, blah, blah. It's because in your socialist health care systems, including Britain, Canada, whatever, health care is so brutally rationed. I mean, they don't spend as much because they're not giving it out. You can't get that surgery for two and a half years. You can't get cancer treatment for nine months. As Craig said, his arguments on health care sound good to people who are struggling in life and sick of big insurers and bureaucratic breakdowns in the system. Yeah. And there's no doubt about that. Well, I hate to be Captain Discouragement over here, but, uh, you know, I, I happen to be flipping through uh, Stephen Brill's uh, Bitter Pill, which is uh, a book came out a couple of years ago about America's healthcare system, in which he makes the point that the government is way over involved where it shouldn't be and not involved where it should be. And it's all such a lobbyist skewed mess that any serious discussion of fixing it is going to be too complicated for people. And so I don't want to engage in it here, but I mean, I don't think you need to be a genius or a a policy wonk to understand, look, there are different groups of people in the United States. There are the gamefully employed. There's the pre-existing condition folks. There are old folks. There are the very, very poor. And the idea that one solution works for all of those different groups is just dumb it reminds me of our uh, discussion of homelessness recently you got a 21 year old junkie who just wants to do the heroin and and lay around with no responsibilities that's an entirely different question than some guy with a kid who got cancer and he lost his house i mean it's just the idea that one policy prescription is good for both of those people is just again dumb 
One more text from Craig, who's a regular guest on our show because he's an expert among the expert of experts in healthcare in this country. And he makes it understandable. When I see how he connects with the increasing population that's been educated in the great inflated, everybody gets a trophy world amongst a comfortable, soft society, I'm deeply convinced we'll have socialized medicine by 2030, if not a few years sooner. Mm-hmm. I My working thesis on the presidential election now is that Bernie Sanders is, is very... Goldwater in 1964. Interesting. Barry Goldwater was a, was a conservative that everybody decided was way too conservative, even for the Republican Party, but he somehow got the no- nomination mm-hmm. and got destroyed in the general election. But it was his ideas and his platform that Ronald Reagan used and was the, the, the law of the land in 1980. I mean, that's what ah, everybody wanted. Right. And that's what I think Bernie is. I think he would get destroyed in the general election, but his ideas are coming. Mm. And he's going to be like Barry Gold, Goldwater. A dozen years from now, almost everything Bernie's talking about is going to happen. Ah. I think because that's just where our society's headed. Bernie is straight gin. Somebody's going to add a little tonic and lime to that, and America's going to swig it down. He's ahead of mm. his time, but it's coming. I'm not happy about that. I think it'll destroy the nation, but I think that's what's going to happen. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, the owner of the company that was working on Notre Dame speaking out, Nancy Pelosi taking another swipe at AOC, and an amazing prediction. Our brains and the Internet will be interconnected very soon. Great. How little, res- mine. How little respect does AOC have for Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> and vice versa. Fight, fight! <laughs> Stay tuned. I'll she take got the- them real tries. Oh, she got them. She got them. She got them. Oh, yeah. I'll take the 20-something in that fight over the 80-year-old. Oh, I don't know. Nancy uh, knows it? how to fight dirty. <laughs> so now you're about to mention in your news that Nancy took another shot at AOC. Yeah, you're discussing... Fight, fight. You're discussing who would win in a fight. Now, are we talking a political fight or a physical fight? They're not going to get into a physical fight, and you know you got an eighty-year-old against right. somebody in their twenties. Yes, I'm talking about the one that's happening, that's real. Although she's not a, some imaginary perverse oil wrestler. What were you talking about? Oh, she's scrappy, does, Nancy. Does your perverse. She, she's eighty, no, but no depth. She fashions a shiv out of her dentures and <laughs> oh, <geez>. barbaric. <laughs> Wow. Oh. Huh? Wow, come for the sexism, stay for the ageism. Sickening. Let's get to the news now with Marshall Phillips. All right, we'll jump right into this story. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was speaking at the London School of Economics. Boy, she gets around the world. She appeared... That's where Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones went to school. Yes, you indeed. Yeah. I want some of this go-go juice that Nancy Pelosi and Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump get. No yeah. kidding. These, these people that are they're, they're in the pushing 80... And they got the energy to do all this. I can barely make it through the day. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what she, do they do? What do they eat? I know it's amazing. She was speaking at the London. They're school. doing something though. It's something like uh, Lance Armstrong yeah. was doing. You know, they'd uh, fly him to a hotel in Italy, right. or and, Hitler giving speed to his troops. <laughs> they'd fly the Lance Armstrong to a hotel <laughs> in Italy and give him entirely new blood. Right, all new blood, exactly. fresh blood. I wonder if Nancy and Trump and Bernie and all these oldsters <laughs> with all this energy are doing that. They're getting new blood every day. Nancy, speaking at the London School of Economics, appeared to take another shot at the success of Democrat Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, saying the District AOC won was ultra-safe. Those are districts that are solidly Democratic. This glass of water would win with a D next to its name <laughs> in those districts. And not to, not to diminish 
the, the uh, exuberance and the personality and the rest of Alexandria and the other members. But when I said three, they were talking about three that were getting a good deal of press on it. But the 43 districts, we won 43, net gain of 40, were right down the middle, mainstream, hold the center victories. And that's what she said the Democratic Party has got to do, win those mainstream districts. Well, that's just true. That's yes. just understanding the political landscape. Yes. Right. Right. She, I, I just, I was picturing, uh, you know, Donald J or Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity or you, somebody emailing Nancy, Dear Nancy, would you write for me, please? That stuff about this glass of water, if it had a D next to it, could get elected in her district. I appreciate her saying that, and I wish, I wish more pundits or politicians would recognize that that's true for both parties in a lot of places in the country. A glass of water with the right letter next to it would win over the opponent. Right, right. So, Well, so many of your news outlets are so desperate for your eyes and ears at this point because there's been such diversification of of media that that, I mean, that's a perfectly reasonable, fairly interesting uh, nugget about how politics works. It's not nearly as exciting as look at this new rock star who's changing everything. Now, that's a pile of horse crap. But it's really good entertainment, um, the, the whole AOC thing. So, you know, I just it's, it's a shame. And that shapes our politics. And we've spent a lot of time today talking about various misperceptions people have about what is real. And uh, I just I don't well, know how you get beyond it. You know, politicians do what's in their best interest. She wants to continue to be Speaker of the House. You have to have a majority to be Speaker of the House. Right. She understands that to have the majority, she's got to have that crowd that's winning in the center. Mm-hmm. Not the AOC crowd. They're not going anywhere. Sure. That could change hands to a different Democrat, but it's not going to change parties. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of the outtakes from her 60 Minutes interview the other night uh-huh. was uh, she said regularly when she's in San Francisco, people say, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? How come you haven't pushed that? And she says, look, if you can get 218 people like me into the House of Representatives, yeah, we could do that. But that's not what exists. Mm. And I don't know, I'm amazed that more people don't understand that on both sides. Scientists are suggesting that the human brain could be connected to the Internet in the next few decades. Yes, my brain hooked up to the Internet. That way, uh, you know, the the suicide rate could uh, climb to like 80% of the population. We're not designed for this, friends. According. So then Facebook's harvesting your knowledge from your brain and selling it to people. Yeah, no, we're here to give knowledge. Senator, we're here to give knowledge. Well, we have reports that you're actually harvesting people's thoughts and selling them to your uh, your tech partners. Senator, I'll have my team get back to you Are you literally harvesting <laughs> dreams and selling them? Uh, Senator, I- I'm not aware of that, but I will uh, have my team get back to you. According to new research published in the scientific journal Frontiers... Mr. Zuckerberg, if there were a human infant in front of you right now, would you willingly eat that infant? Senator, I... I- I I don't know how to answer that. I will have my team get back to you. The research published in the scientific journal Frontiers in Neuroscience, known as the Human Brain Cloud Interface, or BCI. These are researchers at the Institute for Molecular Manufacturing in California that are suggesting that nanobots could be implanted in the human body. Sounds great. And connect to a network in real time. I, no. I'm with Wald. I'm I'm with Thoreau on this, not with Google. 
I think you ought to spend more time in the woods. So are we talking about that has our uh, like health information and it immediately gets downloaded into our computer? Or are they actually going to... No, these devices, they say, would navigate the human uh, brain, cross the blood-brain barrier, and precisely auto-position themselves among or even within your brain cells. And would it auto-explode Whoa. when our overlord sent the uh, the message? Yep. Yeah, I, just don't, I still don't understand if it can like interact with our... Or thoughts, like you could actually download your information from your brain into a computer. They would transmit encoded information to and from a cloud-based supercomputer network for real-time brain state monitoring and data extraction. Literally harvesting your dreams. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yes. Within... Selling them to Universal for movie ideas. Right. That's what's happening here. <laughs> and or you'll be deep asleep. I mean, you'll be dreaming about whatever, and all of a sudden there'll be a McDonald's ad. <laughs> a 30-second McDonald's ad in the middle of your dreams. <laughs> Not to uh, turn this sad, although this will, there's somebody I know who died recently, and, and as often happens, I think all that knowledge that guy had about this particular topic is gone. I know. I know. And, you know, it'd be nice if we could keep that around for something. Game of Thrones side bets apparently crushed one bookie, and all signs point to betters taking advantage of the episode accidentally leaking early on. Oh, have you seen it, Sean? Is this, this a is giant a season, spoiler? Uh, episode one got leaked early before it and aired. But you didn't watch it? No, no, I, I waited until, until Sunday like a good boy. Now, TMZ reporting after DirecTV leaked the premiere about four hours too Michael, soon. Michael, are you still going on those weird websites on the dark net and downloading <laughs> illegal movies and stuff like no, you used to do? No, no, no. You used to do that, right? You'd watch uh, movies before uh, they no, even came fr- out? Uh, friend Allegedly. that did that. I think yeah. the statute of limitations has passed. <laughs> I think. A- anyway, using the advanced information, gamblers apparently caught on to the fact that Tyrion Lannister was the first character right. to speak. <laughs> To oh, to speak. In oh, okay, that's not much of a, a spoiler. And cashed in big time. So, wow. Wow, so you get those weird bets like they do on the Super Bowl now yes. for TV shows. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of fun. How about that dude who bet 85 grand on Tiger? I mean, and he won 1.2 million, 1.2. and everybody's making a big deal of Who the bleep gambles $85,000 on a golfer? On a long shot, yeah. though. The two, well, you two see. On the 14 to 1, yeah. But but here's the thing: betting on golf is incredibly difficult because there are 80 teams playing that day. He was also, I believe, 12 to 15 grand in the hole, and he was. Uh, it was one of those "got to make it all back here" moments. This was his "I make it back or I kill myself" bet, probably. Wow. Yeah, Gambling it's... is illegal at Bushwood, sir, <laughs> they... I never slide. They always present these kind of stories as, what a feel-good story this is, isn't I it? I know. No, you're, you're, a, you're either a gambling addict, a sad, degenerate gambler, right. or a mental patient of some sort. Or just so spectacularly rich, $85,000 right. doesn't mean That's anything. That's the other option. Right. And you're just looking for the cocaine hit of winning 1.2. Because if 85 doesn't mean anything to you, and you can gamble it on golf, which is, again, a sucker bet... Well, then what's 1.2 going to mean to you? There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. See, I'm starting a Getty show, the conscience of the nation. And I'm a, I'm a believer in the, the Norm MacDonald philosophy on gambling, that if you're gambling what you can afford to lose, you're not really gambling. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so have we determined that Nancy Pelosi wouldn't carve a shiv out of her dentures? That's what we're deciding. <laughs> I don't know. We don't think she would? I'm not, I'm not willing to say that. <laughs> 
crappy is what I'm saying. Maybe hollow out an individual tooth, sharpen it, fill it with poison, and jam it into your carotid artery in the prison yard. Wow, that's a heck of a move right there. Yeah. The old poison tooth. Well, they call, <laughs> they call it the Pelosi. Really? The old poison tooth. Hey, we never did the story about plastic bags, did we? I've had that in front of me for a long time. We probably ought to do that. That's a good one. Listen, while I'm thinking, uh, we've got to pay tribute to that Marine who crawled across the finish line at the Boston Marathon. He's running in memory of three of his brothers who were killed um, overseas. It's just an unbelievable moment. Tribute to Courage. Sounds great. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Sitters is over a running in the Boston Marathon this week. Wow. Yeah, you may have seen the footage on the news. Micah Herndon, a Marine who was running in memory of two of his comrades who were killed and a British journalist who was with them um, in an IED attack. And just he had to crawl across the finish line. He had severe cramping, but he wasn't going to stop and he wasn't going to get any help. It's just it's amazing. Seek it out. So, uh, yeah, it's a story about a lot of things, including, uh, you know, PTSD and, and the rest of it, but it's an amazing act of courage and good for him. God bless him. Never forget. Never forget our veterans. So Bernie Sanders did a town hall on Fox last night. Um, he he spoke several times to people told me not to do this. Um, uh, so he, he, he was concerned that some on the left would see him as, you know, playing into the enemy's hands. We got a number of texts from, well, let's just see how far left Fox is willing to go now that they're having Bernie on. Boy, you people who just look at the world that way. I just, I don't, that that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever that Bernie Sanders couldn't go on Fox from either side, whether you're looking at it from either side and discuss the politics of the day. That one side is sold out to do that. We're doomed, you realize, if if we come to that. It's the only place he's going to get any serious devil's advocate questions. you got to hear an argument to refute it. Well, then transfer to the whole legislation thing that legislation now only passes by party line votes. Right. You either have enough of a majority to pass something or you don't even try. Right. Because you're a sellout if you would ever, ever go along. So, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know if we'll ever come out of this or what. But anyway, so it's kind of funny. So there was a, a question. Bernie went through, like, the first question and then immediately went with, Nay, is there another question? It was kind of. (laughs) But that's why it starts kind of abruptly, and uh, we'll discuss as we go along here. You got another question? We have many questions. We have many questions. And listen, we want to get substance. We want to get details. Well, let's do it. And the audience has a ton of questions, too. All right. Martha? So combative. I know. Well, if you can pause it right there. The reason people were chuckling there is it was planned for two hours or however long the the damn long the thing was. (laughs) And he, he got asked a question. Answered for like a minute. Is there, is there another question? Do you have any more questions? <laughs> no, we just came with the one. What? <laughs> yeah, I got a list of loads. Look at my list. Well, he was he was clearly nervous and thought he was unfriendly territory, even though the crowd was clearly pro-Bernie. But. Oh, yeah. He has a ton of questions, too. All right. Martha? So our, our question comes from Kathy Harrington. Kathy, what's your question Hi. for Senator Sanders? Hi, Senator Sanders. Welcome to the Lehigh Valley. 
So my question is, the definition of socialism is just a society agreeing to work together and combining their resources to make sure everyone is protected and taken care of. How can you challenge the idea that socialism is bad in the minds of well, the public? You might ask them, not me. <laughs> but is this look, going to be a constant thing? No. <laughs> I mean, let, no, it will not. All right. All right. You ask me fair questions, I will give you fair answers. Thank you, sir. That's the deal. And you know, not everybody thought that I should come on this show. And we appreciate it. All right. Your network does not necessarily have a great deal of respect in my world, but I thought it was important for me to be here and have a serious discussion about serious issues. Sally asked the good question. Now, so before we get to this, because this is good, this is a discussion, I think this should be maybe the discussion of the entire presidential campaign. Yeah. We might not even need another topic. What is socialism and how far down the road do we want to go? Might might be the best question for the whole presidential campaign. Oh, yeah. Trump versus whoever. I'm sorry, I'm just astounded by the side conversation they're having. I know. So Why that- has not, ever, why hasn't, Every single Republican who's ever been on NBC or ABC or CBS or any or of them. CNN or MSNBC like had the same attitude and speech. That's the weird or done part an interview me. with the Washington Post or the New York Times or right. any of the leading news outlets out there. You know, Bernie, uh, a lot of people on my side don't uh, have much respect for you is true of NBC, all and major NBC News, their regular network, right. and CBS and ABC and the Washington Post and the New York Times, because it's so incredibly slanted and unfair, and you just have to live with it. But the one, the one, the one cable network that leans a little right has got to explain itself. I just, it's so damn tiresome. See, the other ones are just d- 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 fair journalism. Fox is the only one that's taken a position. But what? I wish I could get my eyes to roll clear backward in my head. I can't roll them quite far enough. Back to the most important discussion of the day about socialism. Yes! Thanks for that question, Sally. And let's, let's talk about it. And I think it's an important issue, but it will come up. What is democratic socialism? Yeah. Fair question? Okay. So let's talk about it. Democratic socialism, to me, is creating a government and an economy and a society which works for all rather than just the top 1%. It means ending the absurd inequalities that exist today. And I want to lay this out, because you're not going to hear this much on Fox, and you're not going to hear this much in the media in general. And the American people have got to conclude whether we think it is appropriate and what America is about to have three families owning more wealth than the bottom half of the American society, 160 million people, whether it's appropriate for the top 1% to own more wealth than the bottom 92%, whether it is right that 49% of all new income goes to the top 1%, when many people, Brett and Martha, who are watching this program, are working two or three jobs just to pay the bills. So first of all, we want to create a government that works for all of us, and we want to create a political system which is based on one person, one vote, not billionaires buying elections as a result of this disastrous Citizens United Supreme Court decision. And furthermore, furthermore, when I talk, and you know, people... Okay. And it, it, at some point, they get into his taxes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and, and uh, that sort of thing. But what, what struck me as, as he, they're there in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, with a whole bunch of people that, in theory, according to the way Fox sold this thing, a bunch of people that voted for Trump, 
Sheeran, his his vision of socialism or of his description of what that ought to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the reasons I think he's the he's what Barry Goldwater was in 1964. He can't win a general election now, but he is what's coming in this country. I think um, the way those people were cheering that and Tim, the lawyer had texted me a couple of weeks ago that I should read this book, Heaven on Earth, which is about more or less the history of socialism in the world. Mm. And what a successful um, run it had there for a while. More successful than any religion in terms of percentage of the world population that adhered to it. Mm-hmm. There's a, oh, there was a point when China and the, and, the, and the Soviet Union were socialists, along with so much of South America and Central America, all those places, that 65% of the country was, was socialist or communist, depending on how you define it. Of the world? Yeah, of the yeah. world. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it receded greatly with the fall of the Soviet Union and then China going a different direction for a while and all that sort of stuff. But it seems to be making a huge comeback. And of all places, that's one of the points of this book, of all places where it's making its comeback and seems to be leading, perhaps, is the United States. Which has lifted up the world through free enterprise and lifted up the billions. Uh, You know, a couple of things. Number one, that gal's uh, definition of socialism was straight out of like a greeting card or a Peter Rabbit book or something. It was ridiculous. You have a Um, different version of Peter Rabbit than I do. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I rewrote mine for my kids. Uh, And the second thing is, you know, Bernie absolutely like a doctor, identified some of the ills of society. And then he recommends treating them with snake oil and a rain dance. I mean, yeah, some of that stuff is legitimate, but your cures suck. The the definition of socialism is to a large extent control. More on that theme in the months to come. Hey, if you get the fourth hour, we're talking to Ian Bremmer, who has some interesting thoughts on Notre Dame Cathedral burning down on the Armstrong and Getty Show.